Insights with Sue. Let's get ready to hear about War in Heaven. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Chicana Worship International Ministries, Chicana Worship Center, Bermuda, greeting you one more time for another installment of our series, Insights with Sue. Our pastor is Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman, and it's a pleasure to bring greetings from her and from all of Shekinah Worship Center as we share with you another portion of this exciting study that we're doing called Escape the Coming Night by Dr. David Jeremiah. What a fantastic study. It's a study in the book of Revelation. It's a 43-lesson study, and I'm going to share with you a bit from Lesson 26 called A War in Heaven. Now, it's too much information for me to try and bring you up to speed on everything that we've been studying in the first 25 lessons. But there are other podcasts that you can listen to. We're known as Real Knows Real Podcasts, and you can get us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Real Knows Real. And it's not just this Insights with Soup. It's lots of teachings and preachings We're constantly turning out new information. We are a Bible-loving, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church. We love the Word of God. We study it from every angle you can possibly think of. At least that's what we're striving to do. And we're also striving to live out what we've learned. Now, I got a hold of this study, and pastor said, go for it. So that's what we've been doing. We've actually been studying this. This is our third year that we've been going through this study, and it gets more and more exciting every time. So just to give you a little brief synopsis, and I don't know if you out there listening or watching have ever read through the book of Revelation, but most people find it a kind of scary book, confusing, mysterious, just can't understand it. Dr. Jeremiah makes it so simple and so understandable, especially in light of what you see going on now. But the book of Revelation we understand, was written by the Apostle John while he was in prison on the Isle of Patmos in the Aegean Sea. See, at that time, Rome was in charge of the earth, and Rome didn't want anybody preaching about anybody but Caesar. They didn't want any other worship going on but Caesar. So the people who were preaching about Jesus Christ in that time weren't very popular. In fact, most of the disciples were uh, martyred because of their faith. But John, at this time, was in prison, And sometimes being away from everybody is the best time to hear from the Lord. Well, he received a vision from the Lord. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. There's a vision that John is given by the Lord of the times to come. And as we study, do this study, we're seeing so many shadows of those times happening right now. Right now, as I do this, this podcast, this is July 2021. And we're seeing signs of the end times in so many shapes and forms. John received a vision of Christ. He saw him in all his attributes. He was given a word to send out to the churches in Asia Minor, seven different churches, seven different types of churches. And he had to address each of them and let them know what they were doing well and what they had to change. Or the Lord would remove their ministry. He's then taken into heaven. His vision shifts from the earth to heaven. And he's given a vision of the times to come. He's seen the throne room of God. He sees those around 
the throne of God. He sees the seven scroll judgments, the seven seal judgments that are rolled out against the earth, the seven trumpet judgments, all God's judgments upon mankind and upon the earth for the evil that has been done. And right now where we are, we are beginning to see different signs. Now, the thing is, is that they may not necessarily be laid out in the book of Revelation exactly like how they're going to happen, especially at this stage. John is just getting visions of different things going on that are all going to be taking place in the end times, as we call them. And so here in this particular lesson called War in Heaven, it's based on Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read these scriptures and then just expound on it a bit. Like I've said in other podcasts, all we want to do here is give you a bite-sized portion of what we're studying. And if you want to hear the others again, please feel free. Download them. Listen to them. They average, this specific podcast average maybe about half an hour, no longer than that. Sometimes it's shorter. Just depends what the Lord wants me to share with you. And so here tonight, we are on Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And I'll be reading the New King James Version. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars from heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she, was, where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. So that's the reading of God's word thus far. So here we have a war in heaven. And to start out with, and I like the way Dr. Jeremiah puts it, he has us to look at Pearl Harbor and the, uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor back in December 1941. And the resulting actions after the attack on Pearl Harbor, where the FBI and the CIA and and people rounded up people and were able to uh, monitor them to prevent other attacks going on uh, after Pearl Harbor. Not an easy time. If you looked like one of those that attacked Pearl Harbor, you were herded into these concentration camps, as it were, because they wanted to keep an eye on you. 
and to make sure that you weren't up to any tricks. And basically what Dr. Jeremiah said is that knowledge of the enemy strategies and resources coupled with watchfulness is necessary to avoid defeat. May not be popular, but it's definitely necessary. And so let's bring that into the spiritual context. We've got to know and understand Satan and his patterns, how he operates, because that's going to help us in our war against him. You don't go to battle with an enemy without strategizing, finding out how they behave. You know, I think about football teams and they study one another. Well, this is what we must do. Study the word of God. Go back into the Old Testament. See how the enemy performed. That will help us to know that Satan's not new. I think sometimes the reason why he's new to us is we don't know the word and we don't see where he's done this stuff before. Mind you, we haven't been here before either. So we can get caught up. So we've got to arm ourselves with what we can. It's so true. Greater emphasis on detecting the strategies and schemes of our enemy, the devil. And so we look at this scripture, Revelation chapter 12. So we're about halfway through the actual book of Revelation now. And we see that, as Dr. Jeremiah put it, there's two wonders and a war. Two wonders, W-O-N-D-E-R-S, and a war. And he actually said that word wonder comes from the word semion, which doesn't mean wonder as in a delightful happening. It's a sign. So what he's saying is these are signs. These aren't actual people, but these are signs and symbols. And when we look at this woman who has the uh, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head are a garland of 12 stars. Dr. Jeremiah talked about people, uh, different theories on who this woman is. The Christian science religion says that the woman is Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy, Mary Baker Eddy, and that the child born represents the Christian science religion and that the enemy is man's mortal mind. The Roman Catholic Church says that the woman represents the Virgin Mary, who is taken up to heaven in bodily form following her assumption. But there's no evidence in the scriptures that Mary ascended into heaven. Jesus did, but there's no evidence about Mary. Then you have the Protestant Church who says that the woman is the church giving birth to Christ. But that's a simple one because Christ gave birth to the church. The church didn't give birth to Christ. What we believe and what Dr. Jeremiah has taught, and I personally agree with his train of thought, is that the woman is Israel. And we go back to Genesis 27, where Joseph had a dream. And he dreamt that the sun, the moon, and the stars bowed down to him, and the sun representing his father Jacob, the moon representing his mother Rachel, the stars representing the tribes of Israel. And so here you have this woman who has the sun, clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and her head a garden of stars, is Israel, and she is giving birth 
and we recognize that that child as Christ, because it says that she gave birth to a male child who would rule all nations with a rod of iron and that he was caught up to God and his throne. So when you see that, and the scriptures that even attest to the fact that Jesus by the flesh came out of Israel. He was born a Jew. It says that we believe then that Jesus is being represented here by this child. Now we also see that there is a dragon. Again, not an actual picture, but he's described as a dragon, a fiery dragon, and that he has a tail. And if you see now how people, if they try to draw Satan, that's what they would make him look. They're getting that out of the Bible, out of the scriptures. But it's more about his attributes. He is out to destroy. The scriptures tell us that Satan is out to steal, to kill, and not just kill, but to destroy. And when you look at these movies now, you have to wonder why there are so many movies recently that have to have a dragon. And those dragons destroy. They don't just kill, they destroy. Well, here we have, in the book of Revelation, a dragon. And he is standing and waiting for this woman to deliver. Deliver a child. Now, it says that he has seven heads and ten horns. And a diadem, a crown. Not even just a victor's crown, like an athletic uh, crown, like the leaves that they would wear in, in the Olympics back in the days of Greece, but a diadem like royal crowns, like he is trying to be royalty. He has seven heads, seven meaning completion and perfection spiritually. So he's trying to perpetrate his authority on the earth. He's the ruler of this world at this time. He, the world has been given over to Satan. And you can see it. We can see murders and drugs and sex and money, worshiping of money. We're seeing Satan's priorities being perpetrated in the earth. And there's no stopping. Disobedience. Matthew 24. Go and read about the types of behaviors that will be going on in the earth during the last days. Are they not happening now? So God's not doing that. Satan has been given time. He's on a leash. His days are numbered. But right now, he is the ruler of the earth. And he is waiting for this child to be born. Now, the other thing about him is that he drew a third of the stars out of heaven and threw them down to the earth. And as we read back in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 38, we read about how Satan took one third of the angelic host with him when he was cast out of heaven by the Lord. But he decided he wanted to ascend to the throne. He wanted to be the most high. He was created by God. He was like the bright and morning star. His name was Lucifer, the morning star. But he became prideful. And isn't it amazing how even that word pride is being so bigged up now? Not just that word, but what it represents. 
which is something that God so hates. And mankind is celebrating this. It's not coincidental. This is not new. This was all planned. And I may be jumping ahead of myself here, but Satan is highly organized in his attack. None of what's going on today is by accident or coincidence. It's all a plan of the enemy. And what's his ultimate plan is to destroy the body of Christ. Now, right here, we, we learned about the different strategies that Satan has used throughout history, the history of mankind, to prevent Jesus Christ from even existing, to prevent the body of Christ from even existing today, to prevent anyone from receiving eternal life with God. Because Satan knows his end, and he's trying to get you to join him in the pit, in the lake of fire for eternity. And I'm going to read through a few of those in my notes here. He had Cain kill Abel. He had most of the generation prior to the flood be destroyed. Only eight remained. Only eight listened to the Lord. He had Pharaoh kill all the Hebrew male babies. But Moses survived. He had most of David's line, King David's line, destroyed, but one baby, Joash, remained out of King David's line. Jesus is a descendant from King David. So hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene, Satan was trying to wipe out David's line. But one baby was hidden for six years, Joash. And out of Joash's loins came Christ. The Jews, while they were in exile, in the book of Esther, you'll read it, where the attempt was made to wipe them all out. But because, as Dr. Jeremiah said, one king's sleepless night, the Jews were saved. Now, I'm just throwing these niblets out there to you. You can look them up. You can even contact us, swim at logic.bm. If you want to get into more study about this, we would welcome you. We love reading the word. I'm telling you, I'm not joking. We absolutely love it. Herod tried to kill all the male boys when Jesus was to be born. But an angel came and told Joseph and Mary to leave and go to Egypt. And that's where Jesus lived until Herod died. But here again, here's Satan trying to wipe out Jesus, trying to wipe him out. He tried to get Jesus to commit suicide. How about that? He tried to get Jesus to worship him. He tried to get Jesus to turn his back on God and provide his own food when Jesus was fasting. And he tried to get Jesus to commit suicide. That didn't work. And then he thought he had him, Jesus, on the cross. But Jesus arose and he ascended to heaven. He did the one thing, Satan did the one thing to Jesus that he shouldn't have, was to have Jesus crucified. But that was the plan of God. That was the plan of the sovereign God because we need salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. So the deed was done. Jesus ascended. Did Satan stop? No. Satan couldn't destroy Christ. So now he's trying to destroy the body of Christ, which is the church, the true body of Christ. And we even looked in history, coming down history, Hitler 
trying to destroy the Jews. Look at even how Jews are treated today. The people of God, the, the descendants of Abraham who had a covenant with God. We see that he is still warring, not, and, and not just with the Jews, but those of us who have accepted Christ. We have become targets. Look at how Christianity, you say now that you're a Christian and how persecuted you get on social media, even in public, the things that people are saying about God now. Coincidence? It's not a coincidence. They don't persecute any other religion the way they persecute Christianity. There's a reason for it. That's because that devil, that dragon is still at work. But once you know his strategies and you live focused on God with the armor of God, with the sword, the word of God within you, you've got to read it. You've got to assimilate it. You can't just walk around with it. If you don't know the word, if you don't know the history of mankind, if you don't know the strategies of the enemy, you're in trouble. So just going to church and sitting and hearing a nice word and going home and getting on with your business is not enough. You have got to be steeped in this word. Again, you're you're in a war. Nobody goes to war without a strategy. Nobody goes to war without having studied the enemy. And goodness gracious, nobody plays a football game without understanding how the other team plays. Basketball, baseball. You study one another. You don't go into any competition without studying the competition. Why is it then that we feel like we cannot do the same thing in our church? Satan is highly organized. Do you, did you hear that plan of attack? But we have people who say, I don't like the organized church. I don't want to be a part of the organized church. Now, I will say this. There are churches that have abused their, I don't want to say the word, power, their authority. There are tons of them. We have not been a good witness as a total. No, we haven't. We've taken that organization and we've become legalistic, uh, abusive. We have. There's no denying that. But the true body of Christ, we're very organized. That's why we come together. That's why we gather together. That's why God told us not to neglect the gathering together, even as we see the day approaching. Iron sharpens iron. We are accountable to one another. We build one another up. We war against the enemy together. So we see this war that broke out. In heaven, you've got the, the the dragon, and you've got the and that's the other thing too is that Satan tries to copy God. So when you have God and you have his archangel Michael, and you have Michael's troops, and then you have those on the earth who are influenced by God, and over here you've got Lucifer, who's got his um, angels and his inspired people on the earth. There's, there's the two. And you have this. So we, we read back and we uh, referred to Daniel, the book of Daniel 10, where Daniel was praying to the Lord and he was praying and mourning for Israel and, and God sent an answer to his prayer. But the angel who was bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer was attacked 
by Satan's angel, and they wrestled for 21 days until the archangel Michael had to come and help who Dr. Jeremiah speculated could have been Gabriel. Gabriel is the messenger of God. Angel, so let's say it's Gabriel. A, Michael helped Gabriel to withstand the angel of Satan, and Gabriel was able to go and take Daniel, his answer, after 21 days. There's spiritual warfare going on. The beautiful thing is that as soon as Daniel started to pray, the answer was released. We've got to understand that we may not always get the answer that we want when we want it. In fact, most times we probably don't. That's not a reason to stop. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep believing. We've got to see through the eyes of faith. When we are serving God and doing God's will, God will answer our prayer. But not by this. Okay? This is our time. Our time isn't his. His time is not ours. So we've got to understand that as there was spiritual warfare in Daniel's time, there's spiritual warfare in ours. And John even saw that in heaven. <laughs> Satan's really nervy. He'll try and get up in God's face. But you know what? As much as it seems that Satan is in control, we were reminded of something. Satan lost at Calvary. He was convicted at Calvary. So you ask yourself then, well, if he lost at Calvary, why is it that things are still so bad? Why does it look like God lost? And I love what Dr. Jeremiah said. Satan may have had the sentence passed at Calvary, but it has yet to be enforced. Now, when we think about a conviction in court when someone is convicted of murder. They aren't sent to prison right away. There's a time period where the judge considers all the evidence and the impact of the act and goes back and looks at precedent and comes up with the sentence and enforces that sentence. And maybe a month, six weeks later, that person is sentenced to prison. Satan's been given a time. Okay? The sentence was passed at Calvary, but the enforcement is yet to come. And so we've got to understand that while he is waiting to be cast into his prison, his eternal prison, which is the lake of fire, He's out there trying to get as many as he can, as many of God's creation to go with him. Now, when you understand that, that should help you to understand a lot of what's going on. And I would pray that if this has moved your heart in any way, shape, or form, send us an email at swim at logic.bn. Swim, S-W-I-M, at logic. Dot BM. Let us know how this podcast or any of the others have affected you and that you would like to learn more. We're about halfway, just past halfway through this study. But we will be starting up again if Jesus tarries and doesn't return prior to that. We're looking to start it up again in 2022 in January.
If you want to be a part so you can start right from the beginning, let us know. You'll be so happy to have you. You can get your, your workbook and you can join in with us. There's questions and answers that we do just to bolster what we've learned because it's not just for the hearing, it's for the doing, it's for the sharing. So that's it. That's war in heaven. My, my, what a place to have a war. But we know that God is good. And we pray that you have been blessed by this little bite-sized portion and that you will think about joining us. And even if you just want prayer, if you choose to become a child of God, we can even help you with that. We can lead you in a sinner's prayer and we can set your feet on a path to learning the word of God, finding your purpose and warring against the devil. So on behalf of Pastor Reverend Dr. Maria A. Steeman and the Swim family, I would like to thank you for joining us with Insights with Soup. Blessings, bye-bye. 